Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Elizabeth Reese. I'm Marjorie Punnett. This is Best to the Nest, the podcast that is all about creating strong, comfortable, beautiful nests that prepare us to fly. And today we have a fun little topic idea, your thoughts and our suggestions. Nice title, Marjorie. There you go. I can do a lot in five minutes. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm you sure a lot of everybody. Oh, go ahead. My drink of choice today. Mm. And this has been getting me through every single day. I feel so good after I drink it. So this is part of the Our Suggestions part of the program. Ooh. Filtered water. Yeah. Chia seeds. Yeah. One fresh squeezed lemon. Good. Two tablespoons of chia seeds because I love them when they get kind of goopy. Yeah. And then um, Manuka honey. Am I pronouncing that correctly? You've got it right. Boy, that's like an immunity booster. Way to go. so good when the chia seeds get all sort of coalesced around the cold honey that hasn't quite melted yet. I was eating it in front of my husband last night, eating slash drinking it. He's like- what? What's happening? That? <laughs> Why are you drinking swamp water? Because on top of that, too, I put so many chia seeds that some of them had gotten stuck to my sweatshirt. So I looked kind of insane, quite frankly. But it's so good. Is that all immunity boosting? Yeah, that's wonderful and okay. super hydrating and like there mineral. I mean, it's got all the all the things. You know, in traditional Chinese medicine, they say to never drink plain water. Like plain ra- water just runs right through you. It doesn't stick to your cells. You need to always add something to your water. This is why like so much tea is drunk in China because right. tea has, you know, it's like the water is infused with something. I'm I'm a believer. I like it. It's well, it's fantastic. And I feel so good. I drink it every morning now. I've been doing it for about two weeks. Yeah, this is and great. I feel so good. So Listen, that's just my little suggestion for the morning. We're one step from becoming a full time wellness podcast and I feel very <laughs> pleased about it. But today we are going to read some of our listener comments and then we're going to comment back, which I think is really great because a lot of you send us notes and questions and little follow-up things and thoughts. And a lot of your thoughts make us think even more about we set, what we said on the podcast. And um, you're going to start with one from Crystal. Yes, from Crystal. She says, thank you this morning. I love listening to this podcast. I don't know how I found it, although I live in Minnesota. I never listened to the radio station that you two were on. Well, that's something if you missed our show, isn't it? <laughs> it was epic. It was epic. We can say that now because there are no records of it. (laughs) I love the content. It's so relatable. I've now invested in liver, new toilet brushes, and then in parentheses, she puts, if you listen, you know, Yeah, and myself. I love that. As a mother, I find it reassuring to hear Marjorie and Elizabeth's perspective since I am both a mother of young children and adults. Ooh, Wow. Take that in for a moment. That's great. She's the mother of young children and adults. Maybe the adults help more with the young children. I would like that. Well, I hope so. I hope so. That's some tricky parenting, though, right there. I'm a shout out uh, to Marjorie for going back to school. I am 42 and have long debated and wondered if I should. And I did it 
and hearing you uh, and hearing what you're going through. Um, I also appreciate Elizabeth always bringing up health. I am clearly a work in progress. I sit here drinking a Diet Coke, but I aspire to be in as in tune with my health and body as you discuss being. Now, I have to say I'm going back to school. Um, I am so glad I did it. As I told my children, I hope to complete my master's, but I'm putting absolutely no pressure on myself <laughs> other than grades, which I can't let go of, even though I know grades don't define me. I'm trying really hard to let go of that. <laughs> but I just came across an article yesterday, Elizabeth, on super agers and super agers. Um, and what, what that defines are the people whose minds are younger than their age. Oh, and the biggest thing you can do is force yourself to learn new things. What they said in the thing is Sudoku and Wordle don't cut it. I that, saw that. that. Yeah. That is not going to keep you mentally young, yeah. but that you have to force yourself to learn new things like a new language or really study or do something in a way that pushes your brain to say, I don't know this and I don't understand it. Mm. And it pushes sort of those new learning pathways. So I am a hundred percent in that camp because there's a lot I don't understand and there's a lot that I'm learning. So school's yeah. been great. That's I can really feel good. my brain. I can feel it pushing. Um because I'm reading things that are difficult to comprehend and that I have to actually sort through and um acquire new vocabulary and push myself to understand things that I wouldn't normally be sort of intersecting with. It's great. And, you know, I think even on a smaller level, like if you're not going to commit to go back to school like me ever, but you, um, <laughs> ever, but taking, ever. yeah, taking courses, I think is something, you know, there's so many great online courses. Like, uh, last oh, year yeah. I took a, or not last year, this is still the same year. I took a course on homeopathy and like, um, natural wellness stuff. Right. And it was just fascinating. It was really, and it was a six week course and I just like watched right. all the modules and learned from it. And then I think, Anything like that that you're that you're learning is probably good. That's great. Yeah, and, uh, another great suggestion, which I love, and I have a subscription to it, is Masterclass. If you've never, never you done know, Masterclass, I did. It. I paid for the whole thing, and then I watched like two, and then I was like, "This, I'm not, this is not for me. Maybe I just didn't do it right." And you might not have time. Yeah, it takes time. It takes time. That's true. I had really little kids when I did it too. Yeah. I think I was yeah. like, "Oh, I have a newborn. This will be fine." And then I was like, ha, 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 "No, no, no." no. But if you're older, it was one of the things that I had my mom watching. Yeah, um, because they're so beautifully produced and the instructors like Ron Howard, Martin Scorsese, you know, all these, those are the ones, Andy Leibovitz, those are the ones I watched. Yeah. But they talk to you. Mm -hmm. So for like, if you have an elderly parent, my mom loved them. She loved watching them. So it's an interesting thing. What do you got? Oh, I think you've got the next one. I have the next one too. Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh, this is, this is from Mary. Yeah, uh, she wrote to us about the Jeffrey Dahmer movie, which we both said uh, we would not under any circumstances watch because we don't want that in our heads. Yeah. And she said, I recently watched the Netflix movie about Jeffrey Dahmer. The focus of the movie was not on how he lured and killed his victims. It was about the insidious, insidious injustice endured by the black and brown homosexual community. It was about white privilege in our nation. It was about underserved communities where people's voices were not heard. It was about women of color being marginalized and ignored. It was about how he got away with it and uh. the impact it had on his victims' families. It's a must-see. I love your podcast. Ooh. And Mary, I am so glad you wrote to tell us that because I 
I was not hearing that that was about, and I just sort of blocked it out because I didn't want any, I don't like those salacious sort of crime series where they get into the gore of it. I, I don't like those, but this is very different than what I thought it was. Well, I, I don't think, know that I'll watch it, but no, it's very yeah, because everybody it was. on an individual level has to like assess their own stress level and their own, yeah. you know, and then deciding what you're going to consume and what you're not going to consume. But I am happy that she offered that perspective because I wasn't I hearing that at all either from no. other people who watched it. I was hearing just like how intense it was and how stressful it was. Right. And so hearing that more nuanced description. Uh, is good. Boy, look at this. This is good stuff. Okay. We've got, um, a message from Molly. And this one, um, I think is so, let me just preface this by saying, if you are going to write to someone and ask them to, or like have this conversation around a holiday dinner table, like you're going to ask them to maybe speak differently, to use terms that might make a certain group of people feel better. This is the way to do it. Like this message to me was so thoughtful. She says, ladies, I've listened to each episode and I've been so thankful for your time and mission. I have one request. Please, please, please tread carefully with any conflation of attention issues and ADHD. Two of my children have ADHD. The correct identifier all are ADHD with differing types. And we've had such struggles with this. I firmly believe this is fueled by those without a medical or familiar background offering critical opinions. I was a full-time parent. All three of mine have left the nest for college and beyond and made my children's health my number one priority, right down to serving fruits and vegetables out of our huge organic garden, only buying pasture-raised and harvest meats, etc. I can't tell you how hard it was to deal with bias in the schools and extended community when ADHD was mentioned. Now, she talked about her children really rising above this and advocating for themselves. Um, but she said, please don't lump ADHD in with general attention issues that can manifest from everything from poor nutrition to sleep disorders and so on down the line. Thank you so much for your help in reducing casual microhertz with real ramifications in this area. I know it is never your intention. I love you both. So to Molly, we say, number one, you're an amazing mama because when I hear of any diagnosis and then I hear parents who are saying, I want to go above and beyond and find the root cause and really like look at our whole life holistically and figure out how I can support healing and wellness and success. I just am like, I know how much work that is. And so I'm so impressed by that. And I just want that culturally to be the norm for us here. And then also um, I love that she shared that because I think, I think that that term ADHD or attention is is probably tossed around a little bit like I'm trying to be more thoughtful about not saying crazy, you know, because it's right. like, and that one gets tough too, but I, I, she's making a really valid point here. Well, ADHD, I do think, I think we say it, I know I do. It slips off my tongue pretty easily if I'm talking about someone, oh, maybe they, maybe they're this or maybe they're that. And it, it is a good reminder to be careful. And to also be understanding of families that are dealing with that. It, yeah. it is a struggle. I think it's also um, sometimes used as like a self-deprecating term, you know, like people. Oh, I think so too. Like, oh, I'm having an ADHD moment. I, you know, and it, what she's, what Molly is saying is that it's yep. microhertz with real ramifications. And I think she's, she's making a lovely point. So yeah, we will be thoughtful great. about that. And she brings up nutritional sort of medicine as nutrition. 
which I find fascinating when she's oh, talking yeah. about how she changed her, you know, how how careful she was about what her children ate. And so this came in from my friend Tammy here in Manhattan. Tammy, I swear I'm going to see you when the semester's over. I swear, <laughs> I swear, I swear. <laughs> she wrote on Facebook, is Elizabeth making her own bone broth or what brand is she using? Ah, bone broth is all of the topic on Facebook. I love bone broth conversation. Generally, <laughs> I make my own. I do. I make my own. I would probably say 75% of the bone broth that we used in our house, I make my own. And there's a reason for that. It's because really good quality bone broth is expensive. So I would rather make my own. So I try to buy whole chickens and then I buy like, I do chicken thighs a lot for our family. So a lot of times I'll roast a whole chicken and several chicken thighs on the same roasting pan and then have, um, then save all the bones. And then I make my own bone broth. It's really very simple, you guys. So if you want to make your own bone broth, it's chicken bones. Um, this is just for chicken bone broth. Beef has a little bit of a different, um, a different recipe because if you get the bones, if you get beef bones, then you want to roast them in the oven first and then you'll want to make them into broth. But chicken bones, if you've roasted whatever, you just put the bones in a Dutch oven, like a big pot or your slow cooker is great to use for this. Add a couple carrots, uh, stock of celery, about half an onion, couple garlic cloves, sort of like you're making a soup. I will add a bay leaf and some peppercorns. Sometimes I'll add some herbs too, like sage, thyme, whatever. Cover with filtered water. You want to use good quality water. Um, so cover the bones and then cover the pot and put it on simmer and let it go for 24 hours. You've got to let it go for a long time in order to get all of the collagen out of the bones and to make sure that it's that sort of like jiggly consistency. Then you know that you've made an amazing broth and then you just strain it and then pour it into whatever sort of container you want to store it in. I always use glass jars. I freeze bone broth in glass jars. I just make sure I leave about an inch of headspace at the top of the jar so that when the broth expands, when it's freezing, it doesn't crack the jar. Quick question. This is actually a question from me. The quality of the chicken that you use to make the bone broth obviously matters, right? Everything matters. Yeah. If you're me. I can't, I can't get an organic or well-raised chicken here. You're going to have to get it shipped to you. Yeah. And it is, um, and it, it matters, right? Cause I was thinking I was going to grab like a roasted chicken from like the grocery store. And then I thought, this is just, I don't know anything about this chicken. Pasture and- raised is what you're looking for. Even okay. when you're buying organic, organic just means that a chicken was fed organic feed and it could have spent its entire life inside in a giant barn with, um, you know, and I just, I, I tread carefully on this because some people think that that's okay, that that's an okay way to raise animals. The sort of the ethical situation, the ethical um conclusion that I've come to with this is, was the animal allowed to live as God intended that animal to live? So when you right. think about what that animal is, if you own chickens, which I have owned for many, many years, You will know that chickens want to peck. They want to scratch. They want to eat bugs. They want to search for things. That is what they do. I mean, that's like their, their, that's their expression of being a chicken. And so to me, it's important that every animal that we consume as, as much as I can control it, which I can't everywhere, 
was allowed to live out its instincts in terms of being that animal. And so when a chicken is housed in a giant in cages stacked upon each other with tons of, you know, or, or even just like they say free range, but means it's still in a massive barn and never allowed to be outside. I don't think that chicken is able to express its chickenness. And so, um, (laughs) so you just see a lot, you're not getting the benefits. This is where, a lot of people will make fun of this. You can idea. you can go totally Portlandia on me if you want, but yeah, and you and know. but I will say I remember when Whole Foods started. I don't know if they still do it. They had like their happiness yeah they index have, for yeah. the animals, and at the first time I saw it, I was like, huh. But then I also was tired of eating chicken that didn't really taste like anything, right? And so. That's why when I was going to pull the chicken, because I really wanted to try, you'd be so proud of me. I was actually going to try to make bone broth. And so I went to go grab the roasted chicken. And then I thought, this, if I'm boiling this down, I better make sure that this is the best that I can actually boil down. Because then Mm -hmm. you're just concentrating everything about that chicken. Well, yeah, it is. I mean, I think. So, okay. You know, in a perfect world. And again, I mean, I always, I always caveat this with like, I understand that there is an expense that comes along with eating this way that is not attainable for every person. But at the same time, I feel like the more people who buy like that, the more people who prioritize small regenerative farms, the more that the price can come down. Um, as it has, I mean, I've yeah. seen that in the last 10 years in organics, yeah. the prices have come down. So, yeah. so and then you, I'll never forget one of the, uh, one of the guests that we had on the show that says you can prioritize good meat. There are plenty of plant-based proteins that you can have like Tuesdays and Thursdays mm-hmm. so that you can have actually have better meat on the, the rest of the week. And I do this with eggs. I buy the best quality eggs I can get because for me, I don't eat a lot, to be honest. Yeah. And egg, like the only protein I might get in a day is one egg. Oh gosh, Marjorie, that's not okay. You really, you got to amp up your protein. I'm on a real protein mission right now. Oh my gosh. I just one like, egg. I just... That's like six grams of protein in a single day. And I that's eat a lot of nuts. For you. I eat a lot of nuts. Okay. Trying. But still. Okay. I'm trying. But but my point is I get the best possible egg I can because it might be my only bit of protein that day. Yeah. That was Karen nuts. Weiss, my um my pig farmer who and oh, golf instructor. Her. Karen's also my golf instructor. <laughs> of course her. she is. And she's my friend. She's wonderful. Um she okay. said that. Yeah. So um but then when it comes to brands that I like to buy, um Epic is a good one. Uh, taking stock foods is local. They're in Minnesota and their, um, broths are really great. I buy those. Um, I also, kettle and fire is another good one. But again, I mean, sometimes you're talking like seven bucks for a pint. I mean, that's a lot, a lot of money. So when you can make it yourself, if you can make it yourself easily. and the, yeah. it's just a matter of prioritizing buying the whole chicken. And then eating that chicken and then saving the bones and making broth out of it. So that's just how, so that's instead of just like buying chicken breasts, it's buying the whole chicken and then breaking it down yourself. You just. So my son last week, two or a couple of weeks ago, they had a Friendsgiving. So they had a big Thanksgiving celebration with all their friends. Yeah. And so neither of my sons eat much meat, but there was a turkey for Thanksgiving. And so yeah. Campbell took the bones and made bone broth. My God, he is your son. He is so not good. my son. He I is your it. son. He's um, and he called me. He's like, oh, the house smells so good. It smells so good. It's a great thing to do with turkey. It's even something yeah. to think about of like, if you buy like a bone in turkey breast. Right. And then 
you like pop, pop that in the slow cooker and then have shredded turkey and then you can um save the bones. Oh. Oh, that sounds good. This is great. Yeah. All right. I got an email about bone broth, which was kind of interesting because you might recall we were talking about bone broth in a recent podcast. And Marjorie, you jokingly said, like, you need to stop making bone broth because this is like the thing that might be pushing you over the edge because it does, (laughs) it does feel sort of excessive when I'm like, Oh, I'm working and I have three children and I'm making the bone broth. But that being said, And, and I'm out of my head and I'm out of my head, which is true. A lot of times. Um, but Nicole sent me an email and she said, um, uh, I'm sure you get thousands of emails. Thousands is a stretch, but hundreds for sure. Um, but she said, after listening to today's brilliant best to the nest podcast, I felt compelled to be one of those emailers. Um, and she wanted to share her story. She said on today's episode, Marjorie insisted that you buy your own bone broth and I had some thoughts on it. Buying it would be easy. It would be convenient and it would be logical with such a busy schedule. However, I believe there is a deeper deeper purpose to what you are doing when you make your own. It's about creating something special for you and your family, something that gives you purpose outside of the Wild West we call a career. Maybe I'm generalizing and simplifying your situation, but I know this feeling. I'm married, have two wonderful boys, and I left my nearly six-figure marketing job last May, a job I loved a job that for the first time in my career was really taking off. I question it every day. I question it not just because of the money, although that crosses my mind every time I want to blow my budget at Target. That's a conversation for another day. The questions that run through my mind are, why is it that every other working mother seems to be able to do it and I can't? What's wrong with me and why don't I have the support to make it all work? She said, the honesty you shared today was the reminder I needed for why I made the difficult decision to stay home. I reflected back on what's most important to me. Number one, making a healthy homemade dinner at least five days a week. Number two, showing up at my older son's school and sporting events without feeling the need to look at my email every five minutes. Number three, being fully present at the end of the day so that I can actually enjoy spending time with my family so I can be happy with them. And she said all those things were lacking in her previous life, but they were so important to her. She says, personally... I blame Sheryl Sandberg and the lean in mentality. That's great for some women, but I truly believe that if you have small children and a big job, leaning in any more than necessary just to survive the day is nearly impossible if you want to stay sane. But she went on and just said, right now I can make the career sacrifice so I can make dinner at home on a Tuesday, even if it takes three hours. And I want you to know that I think you should make the bone broth. Maybe if more (laughs) people did, the world would be a better place and maybe more women would feel supported to make the best decision for them and their family. Um, thanks for your inspiration and honesty. And P.S. If you haven't already done so, watch the documentary Fair Play by Eve Rodsky. It's a goodie. And she's the second person recently who's recommended this oh, okay. Fair Play and the documentary that goes with it. So I wanted to make sure that we mentioned it. But I just loved Nicole's email. Well, it's wonderful. And it it's also a good reminder that I think in that in that episode or in a recent episode, we were talking about thinking about your life as a woman, as a mother, as a career person, and deciding what you want that to look like. Mm -hmm. It's easy, especially when I was coming up and raising children, it was easy to shame women on either side of that decision. Yeah. So women that were staying home were kind of shaming of the women that were really working hard at her career. Yep. And then, you know, women that had their career would look at women who were staying home like, ugh, I could never do that. And so I just, I think it's such, such a personal decision because so much of it depends on your children, the health of your children, your husband, 
how he feels about it. Now he's going to contribute to all of it. Mm -hmm. So it's like every team is different. Every family team is different and all of the circumstances are different. But what I loved about what she said, which I think is universal, is this idea of lean in is I did not read the book. So I'm going to say something that I normally wouldn't say when I haven't read a book. It's hard for me to take advice from a woman who makes a gazillion dollars a year. Mm -hmm. A working woman who's making half a million and above has nothing to do with my life, probably has nothing to do with your life. That's a very different circumstance because you are able to not only, you're able to farm out absolutely every aspect of your life so that you really are just dealing with family and work Mm -hmm. and nothing else. And I think that's a different, that's different. So that's much easier to lean into your career if you're making that kind of money. I mean, I, I, yeah, I get that. I just think that time is the great equalizer. So I think it's sort of just, I, I do not like the lean in. I want to lean out. I'm leaning the opposite (laughs) way. Like I want to lean further out. And the older I get, that's, that's what I want to do. You know, my long term strategy was sort of to say yes to everything, to work so hard, to do everything as long as I could. So for me, that was about, 12 years in television before I had a baby. And then once I had a baby, then hopefully I was so valuable and that my, um, you know, that my workplace needed me that I would be able to start to stay, say, no, I'm not saying that's the right path for everyone. I just am saying that's kind of how it ended up working for me. And that's what I've tried to do. But, um, and, and you're in such a unique position where you can say no in most careers, like I look at her career in marketing or mine in producing, didn't matter how valuable I was. Yeah. I wouldn't have been able to say no to things. I think the tide is shifting a little bit where, you know, maybe, but I, yeah, but I think, I, yeah, you're right. It's, it's tricky. The, the problems I have, and I don't want to go all conspiracy theorists on us, but you know, <laughs> I will, whatever. This is our podcast. I can do what I want is that, um, <laughs> Is that there is, you know, there was a corporate interest in having women disassociate from being home and not ha- and not having home work, like work inside right. the home being valued. Number one, corporations could sell you crap because they said that being ho- a homemaker is stupid and silly and frivolous and you should make more of yourself. And so there's an interest in that. There's an interest in like minimizing in making you think that like baby food is superior to buy. Why are you wasting your time making it? You should be right. buying it so that you can do something else. Well, they're selling you an inferior product, guys. Purchased baby food is going to not be as nutritious as as it as it is if you can make it yourself. But like time is the currency. Time. And yeah. then the other and thing that's what is, they're selling. They're selling you can go all like I mean, and I am all about. I am a career person. I love my career. I think it's very important to me. It is something that I love and is my passion. But at the same time, you know, if you are a government and you've got two people working, you've got two tax incomes, you know, like there, there are lots of big picture things that go into like the pushing of these dual income households. So what I like to do is just 
kind of try to go, let me look critically and step back from what the societal messaging is and understand that there is a motivation for all societal messaging that I'm getting, whether it's like from marketing, trying to sell me something, trying to do something and look at like what's really working for me and my family, which comes down to that idea of what's best for our nest, regardless of what society is deeming right. is important or not. And what's, and I think this me. is, I think this is one of the things that, and, and I feel having been through raising my children and working, I am acutely aware of how lucky I was. You know, I did a radio show from five thirty to nine. And then I did most of my show prep at home. I was paid well. It was, it was a, it was a strange career but it allowed me to raise, it really did allow me to be around my children quite a bit. And I feel very, I'm oh, sorry about that. I feel very fortunate about that. But that having been said, I think when you talk about what are the messages that are being pushed at us, I think the root of so many of the complications for the American family, and this is just me talking, is consumerism. Yeah. Yes. Is is just, if you really sit down and think, what do we, what can we get rid of? How much can we save? Could we live on one income? And then the bigger question is, do we want to live on one income? For sure. Because, I mean, there are there are complications in terms of, you know, what is a woman's Social Security going to be at the end of her career as opposed to her husband's? If yes. you if you choose not to work, will you even have Social Security? So, I mean, there are big picture issues for women. But these are the things that I think you have to think about. And that's when it gets complicated. So I appreciate the nuance of that, of that email and that message to you. And it is a reminder that everybody's situation is different. We hold no judgment here. My only advice, having been through it, is think it through. Yeah. And it's amazing how many times we don't think things through because we're so busy. Well, and I just don't want us to feel like we have to do something because we feel like we're supposed to do it. Because right. that's like the message. Like, I have to have a career because, you know, like p- women before me fought to have this career and I have to like be a- away, you know, it's like. No, you have to be happy. You got to look at your own life and you got to then happy. try to drown out some of the noise. And you're right. And I do think a solid reminder that everyone's trying to sell you something is yeah. a good lens to look at things through. Um, in terms and of someday when we business. have um advertisers back on this podcast, we'll sell we'll you be stuff a part too. Of that. I'm happy to sell you stuff. You <laughs> so resist. Should sell everything. I'll sell it all. Whatever. It's great. <laughs> so resist. So good. Um, okay. We got a we got a very nice note from Bernie on Facebook, and she said, um, as many of you know, if you listen to this podcast, my mom passed away on October 18th, and she said, I'm sorry for your loss, and understood your words on the podcast this week. She said that owl. So I did tell the story that. The, the night before my mother passed away, um, we went to dinner real quickly near the hospice and I sort of fussed at my husband and said, no, I want to park in that parking space because <laughs> he was looking for a different one. Mm-hmm. He to the parking space that I wanted to go to because yeah. he knew you that did. I was being. You had a moment. You needed to control something. Yeah. Yeah. I needed to control something in my universe. So he just very sweetly pulled into that one. And facing us at about 4.30 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon was the biggest owl I have ever seen. I've never seen one actually in the wild staring straight at me right out in the open. It was so bizarre. So anyway, Bernie went on to say that owl, in my beliefs, it was a direct message for you to say it's time. I never want to see owls live or pictures, because what I'm due, I'm waiting for news. Mm. 
I know. Isn't that interesting? So you sought out that parking spot and there it was. And then she had a little broken heart. Um, she goes on to say their last breath is something to witness. It's a holy mix as my pastor would say. And this is really why I wanted to read this email, Bernie. And thank you so much. I've never heard it described so beautifully and perfectly being present for my mom's last breath was a holy mix. And, um, she went on to say, may she rest in peace and may you also feel comforted as you move through this year without her cyber hugs. So I will confess to this as you hear my voice. I, um, stupidly watched Harry Styles performing, uh, Christy McVie's song, Songbird. Oh yeah. And it always comes back to Harry Styles for you, doesn't it? It does somehow, strangely. And Songbird is a beautiful, beautiful song. And Christine, he just passed away as well. So he sang it and he has a beautiful voice. And I was sitting at my computer working. I just taken a little break and I just started weeping. Mm. Because it was just so beautiful. And then it made me think, gosh, darn it. I'm a producer. I really should make a little video about my mom. And then I thought, oh, that song would be beautiful. And then I started crying some more. So it's just going to, it's all good cries. You know, it's just, that's the way it's going to be for a while yet. And well, um, and, and Bernie finished that message by saying, may she rest in peace. And may you also feel comforted as you move through this year of first without her, which I thought was so, I think that just, I think that asking and praying and wishing comfort for someone is so beautiful because it validates that you're going to have feelings and that it also just is encouraging you to move through those feelings and is is just offering that I'm here supporting you as you move through those feelings right Right. versus like I hope you I hope you get through it you know this that's a really beautiful way to acknowledge someone's grief I'm very grateful and I'm just her name is Bernie of course she was going to be good of course. I just love the idea of, of witnessing my mom's last breath as a, as a holy mix because it oh, is. Okay. Carol wrote to say, I listened to your podcast on my drive home from spending the day with my mom in the ER after she had had a fall. They ended up admitting her. Marjorie, thanks for reminding people to take time to listen to their stories. I just wish I would have written down some of these stories. Mom lost dad just before COVID and she ended up being in lockdown for almost two years. So daily check-ins became our normal. My grandkids say grandma's having coffee with Gigi on the phone again. Thanks again for reminding people to spend time with their aging parents. And I just wanted to say to this one, I was actually talking to my son Campbell about my mom. So my mom fell in May of 2020. My son Campbell had decided to move to Chicago to look for a job in February of 2020. And my mom lived in a high-rise in Chicago and my older son had started this strange tradition of she had a two bedroom, two bathroom condo overlooking the lake. This strange tradition of my mom really wouldn't give up the second bedroom because that's where she would write. Yeah. But she allowed them to take over the walk in closet in the guest bedroom. And so it started this tradition with my sons of they would move into their, into grandmother's, into mama's closet. Until they got a job. That's great. And so my son had moved in in February of 2020. And it was a big closet. It was very sweet, actually. It had a, it was a closet with a little window. Yeah, that's odd. wonderful. Okay. So they would move into the closet. And my mom was like 87 at this point. And so there's Campbell living with her. And he was doing a lot of cooking for her. And he was good company for her. Moves in February 2020. And then COVID hits. Yeah. And so they got to spend... 
from February to May in lockdown together. Mm-hmm. And of course, we were also grateful that he was there with my mom. And then he was telling me that the night before she fell, that, and that was the fall that changed everything, mm-hmm. they were watching Mad Men. And he said, I can't go back and finish it. He said, I just, I'm just going to stop there. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. It's sweet. It's really sweet. Oh, Marjorie. I just spent time with your, spent time with your parents. Yeah. And planning my mom's memorial dinner. And I'm so mad at myself. I never asked her what her favorite drink was. I don't know what her favorite drink was. Yeah, but maybe she would like it if you drank your favorite drink. Like a Manhattan. Well, I'm going to drink a Manhattan. How do I drink a Manhattan? Though, ask your parents what their favorite drink is. Everybody. Yeah, maybe it shifts. You know, maybe it shifts. Yeah, it it is nice to know those to like know those little things. Like, do like a little survey with them over the holidays and know those kinds of things. Exactly. Um, we do also just get some like fun little questions when we mention things and people want to know about it. (laughs) So Andrea Jean sent me a note on. Instagram. And she said, which LL Bean coat do you have? Because I mentioned that yes. when I got this nearly floor length, on some people it will be floor length because I'm tall, uh, LL Bean puffer coat, it fully changed my life in winter. And it's like my go-to <laughs> coat. And I don't know why I lived in Minnesota for like 37 years without a full length puffer coat because now my it's butt's never have. cold and my legs are never cold and it feels so good. Um, And so I wanted to just tell you what it is here and then we'll link it up in the show notes. It's the L.L. Bean Women's Ultralight 850 Downcoat Long, and it is $299. Worth and every penny. Worth every penny. And actually, that is quite reasonable when it comes yeah, to, I like, so a too. winter coat. It's way cheaper than, like, a Patagonia or a um those Canada Goose ones that are, like, $2,000. This is $299. Right. I've had this for probably four years now. It is held up beautifully, and um I love it. And it's, like, this dark maroony color, but you can get other colors as well. And I highly recommend it. And it's light and it has a hood and it's just great. And if you're not cold, you're not as mad about winter. So that's right. That's how you you survive winter. I also did get a couple of um, notes from people who have purchased the Steger Mucklucks out of Ely, Minnesota, who said, hands down, best boot investment they've made. And they are so worth it and so good. And the pair I'm looking at, I think is also $299. And, um, I think I'm just going to order them. I was really like justified in, um, in that conversation. Like multiple people said, you should get these. They're so great. Your feet are so warm. Well, let's link that up. We'll link that up as well in the show notes. Okay. Uh, and finally today from Instagram, I have to thank Jeannie. So, Jeannie went out of her way to send me the sweetest little message. She and her family do crossword puzzles. And she said, I thought you would want to know that the crossword puzzle that they were working on, line 127, the clue was Punnett on Coast to Coast AM. No. And the, the, the answer would be Ian, which is my husband, um, which just made us laugh so hard and was so much fun. It's across, and so I wrote back to Ray's. I'm like, Jeannie, I have to know where this crossword puzzle is. And yes. it was in the Simon and Schuster mega crossword puzzle book available on Amazon, book number two, published in 2008, which is so funny. So you could still get these old crossword puzzles. My husband still coincidentally still does coast to coast AM. He does it, uh, he does it, uh, two nights 
every month. So he does a, he does a weekend a month on coast to coast AM. Um, but it's so much fun. Like, so what we're going to do is I already ordered it Good. and uh, we're going to give it to the kids for Christmas and then just pretend like Ian and I are really into crossword puzzles now and then just start doing the crossword puzzle until they get to clue 127. Okay. That that's fun? so fun. I also think Marjorie, it'd be really cute to frame that somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Blow it up frame it. Yeah. It's really, it's really fun. Um, he's been in crossword puzzles, puzzles before. He was in the Sky Magazine for Delta once as well, which was a little weird, but oh gosh, this is, this is super that. fun that you could still buy it on Amazon. Okay. That is so, so thank fun. you, Jeannie. And I just wanted to give a shout out to Jeannie because sometimes you come across something like that and you think, oh, that's kind of cool. I wonder if they'd want to know that. And, and then you don't do anything with that information. Yeah. And I just want Jeannie to know that that's really special to our family. And that really means something. And that will probably be a crossword puzzle. I'll stick it in a memory box that someday our grandchildren will look at that their grandfather was in some crossword puzzle somewhere. So great. Yeah. So thank you, Jeannie. It mattered to us. Oh, man, that is so fun. And you all matter to us. Uh, everybody yes, who do. listens to this podcast, we just appreciate it so much. And we appreciate all of your, uh, all of your notes that you send us. You make us think and you make us laugh and sometimes you make us cry. And we like all of the above. So if you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a review at Apple Podcasts. You never know. We might read it on the show. That's right. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best of the Nest. We are the podcast that brings you home. 